we back. Hey, hey. Hey, what's up, Joey? What's up, Ryan? We're back once again today, second episode of season five. Happy to be with you guys, and we got a lot to talk about today. It's somewhat quiet out there, to be honest with you, Ryan, in terms of sports news, at least compared to last semester where we had football season in full swing and NBA playoffs at the same time. Not a thing that we usually deal with here on the show, but due to the, the changing schedules, we had the great pleasure of doing so. Right now, we're mm-hmm. sort of just in the middle of the NBA season. Football offseason hasn't really heated up yet. Baseball getting started soon, but still, I think we got a good amount of stuff to go over here today. Yeah, I think we do too, Joey. Uh, this, we start analyzing the NBA a little bit more. All-Star game coming up. Uh, and also, I'm just waiting for March Madness to start. I know we'll talk about that later, but this is the time. This is March. It is March 1st. We're coming good up. Point. Good point. And we'll see. I'm sure that'll look different this year as well, but very excited to see that and get the get all our TVs up and running, get all these different games on at the same time. Projector, maybe. Projector, for sure. Dust that thing off. Hasn't been on in a couple of months, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But, Ryan, as you said there, the All-Star game in the NBA is next weekend, so we're going to be talking a lot about that here today. And we'll start it off in the hangover with a bit of a reaction to the All-Star teams. And since there's been a couple of injury replacements, but let's react, Ryan, to the All-Star teams as they came out, as voted on by the fans, the players, and the coaches. And tell me if there's any snubs that you saw on that initial list. I felt, as most of the NBA community felt, that Devin Booker was the biggest snub. Um, the Suns are having an amazing season. I think they're fourth in the West right now. And if it was me personally, I would have rather put see Devin Booker in that role instead of CP3. I understand they probably had to choose one Suns player to make that role in the West, and they chose CP3. I would rather put in Devin Booker, but that's just my personal opinion. Joey, do you agree with me? I think it's a tough one because I look at the Suns and you see a team that wasn't successful in Booker's career there. They had a a great run in the bubble a year ago, and that's what got them a lot of buzz. That's maybe why CP3 was attracted to them. Obviously, he was traded there, but I'm sure he had a bit of input after what he did for the Thunder last year. But the Suns were an attractive destination after that run last year. But before that, with Devin Booker, the Suns hadn't achieved anything. So I think the logic with getting CP3 in there is, look at what he did for the Thunder last year, a team that no one really thought would, would be in the thick of things at all. I think they're a six seed going to the playoffs. A lot of that due to what CP3 did for them. And this year, the Suns, I know coming into the year, Ryan, we made projections, and I had the Suns as a playoff lock, and I think you had them sort of in the mix with a lot of other teams. I think that's where most people had them, where sure they'd be competitive, but a lot of that was even based off of what we saw last year. So I think CP3 coming in there and elevating them to where they are right now at 22-11, and 11, a secure playoff contender as of right now, I think that's why he gets the edge over Booker, even if Booker's a more talented guy at this point. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Joey, and I don't disagree with you. I think the Suns, no matter what, we're going to take that next step. Obviously, but, but CP- to this level? Yeah, obviously CP3 accelerated that, and no one can deny that. Devin Booker puts up the most points. He's the best all-around player on that team right now. Um, but we can agree to disagree. I don't think he ended up making it, which is obviously good. Sadly, um, who's the injury replacement for the West? Anthony Davis. And again, that doesn't make much sense because the way I think of it, you get voted in by position. That That's how they do it. But then when AD goes down, you can just slot Booker right in. So it almost felt like they're they're saving yeah. their own butts a little well, bit there with the PR. Because you get, yeah, well, you, you say they definitely saved their butts because you had all these NBA players tweeting, D Book is so disrespected. What I think is funny with all that, though, is how they'll never say, like, who they should yeah. leave out of the All Star game, which is fine. They're all friends, probably, but. I just I always think that's one of the funnier things when the NBA All-Star game comes around. Yeah, but last thing on the CP, Devin Booker argument, because I think it's yeah. an interesting one, is I looked at the Suns and I thought, you have two building blocks. You have Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and now you're adding CP3 to that as well. DeAndre Ayton this year has picked it up in the past couple of weeks, but he's still averaging a career low in points at only 14.5 points a game. So that goes to show that CP3 is even shouldering more of a load than we probably expected them to do coming into the year. Booker kind of putting up similar numbers, but CP3, I thought pick and roll with Aiden all the time. I think that's what I said back then, but that's right. not really been their approach. And well, he's still managed to put them in position that they're in now, or him and Booker, I should say, have managed to get them in position they're in now. 
You're right, but maybe DeAndre Aiden isn't being asked to do as much right now. I think could be. They they Mikhail Bridges has stepped up. Uh, you had someone a veteran like Jay Crowder who always seems to be tossed around the league, but he always seems to fit in and do his role. I think DeAndre Ayton isn't asked to be the scorer on this team, so I think it's probably being more evenly distributed. You notice, I don't watch many Suns games, but when I do listen to NBA talk shows and stuff like that, they do talk about DeAndre Ayton's improvement in the defensive end. So maybe he's focusing on his defense more. I understand his points have dropped, but I don't know. I think he's improving. I think he's still a project, and I think Devin Booker and him, I think Phoenix, Phoenix fans should be very excited. Totally fair. And Ryan, now let's take it out east and talk about probably the biggest snub over there. Maybe Debonis Sabonis was, but obviously he's now in as an injury replacement, so we won't talk too much about him. But Trey Young is still on the outside looking in. Is there anyone on that East All-Star roster that you would have him slotted in over? Oh, uh, Trey Young or DeMontis? Trey Young. Uh, well, I don't uh, think... well, DeMontis, you got something interesting for him, too. Well, I have that? something for DeMontis. I think DeMontis, the only reason he made it was because of injury replacement because of Kevin Durant. I think that should have never happened in the first place, and I think DeBontis should have been made it over um, Nikola Vucevic. I think the Magic have an awful record right now. His numbers are amazing, but they're not winning any games, and the Pacers are third or fourth in the East right now. I don't have the standings in front of me, but they're playing amazing, and they're being led by their best player, DeMontis Sabonis. I thought that was a bigger snub than Devin Booker because I don't think Vucevic deserved to be in the All-Star game this year. Yeah, it's almost a sort of all-star fatigue that I feel like we can see, whereas Sabonis made it last year, and I think when he made it last year, it was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, and Vucevic has always been a you know a pretty consistent 20-10 and 10 guy who could stretch the floor a little bit, but you definitely want him down low, but I think we've seen his game evolve a little bit more this year, averaging now over 24 points a game with a lot of threes mixed in there. So uh, you're totally right, the Magic haven't been a successful team at all, but I think it's sort of the, the new shiny toy effect here, whereas the bonus is just kind of doing the same thing that he did last year where he was already rewarded for that, right. whereas Vucevic maybe hasn't gotten that recognition yet. So, again, that kind of how we talked about last week, the politics of all these things coming into play. Sabonis so averaging six assists, like, I think that's amazing. I, I mean, Vucevic is doing his thing, and he has evolved a lot, but it's not turning into results right now. Um, the East is also very competitive, so teams can shift from third to ninth day in and day out so I don't really have I also going back to your Trey Young point that we started off with I don't think Trey Young really deserved to be in the all-star game their coach just got fired right before we started the show because they got off to a pretty bad start they were expected to do a lot better and I think Trey Young could be doing more for his team the only guy that I think you can make an argument for Young over Zach Levine um, because I think they have pretty similar arguments for being on the team and for being off the team if that makes sense they're neither of them are on too great of an individual team but obviously without either of those guys each team would probably be a whole lot worse than they really are so i don't know i just think it's i think that it probably came down to those two and train was an all-star starter last year his numbers are only even better this year even if percentages are maybe a little bit down so I don't know. Again, it seemed like maybe a similar situation to the Vucevic and Sabonis thing where you look at it and you go, eh, we got this guy last year. Can we get this guy in there this year? And, and that's what, where they went this way. Trey Young was a starter last year? Yeah, next to Kemba in the backcourt. Oh, I, I, Joey, I totally forgot that. Yeah. When you said that, I kind of looked at you like you're crazy, but I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, um, it seemed crazy at the time, honestly. Yeah. And I sort of didn't think about it much, I guess, at the time. But now that you're looking at all these guys who make it over him, obviously – like uh, James Harden isn't even an all-star starter in the East, and obviously he hasn't been in the Eastern Conference all year, right. but when you're looking at last year, and it's Kemba, we all know what Kemba's doing this year, and Troy Young as the starters, it's definitely a tale of two seasons there. Right, I, I totally agree. Uh, Zach Levine's obviously averaging a few more points, but they have one game over the Hawks. I think you can definitely make that argument either or, and I'll listen to you, because I personally don't care, but it's that I was going to say, that's, that's the biggest thing. I, this is where I think people get way too hung up on the All-Star teams and stuff, because it's well, it's how how great is it really for Zach Levine over Trey Young? And well, I get it if it's contract stuff, because now that is a problem in my mind, that you have contracts tied to incentives like the All-Star team and All-NBA teams and stuff like that. But in terms of just the recognition, I think people know how good Trey Young is, even if players in the league kind of hate him right now for the way he... He draws the fouls at such an alarming rate. 
he's definitely gotten a little bit of pushback around the league for that. But still, I, I don't think anyone's denying that he's a, a top 20 guy in the league, top 25 guy in the league or whatever. It's just sometimes the chips fall this way. It's the way it worked for Bradley Beal last year. Everyone knows that Bradley Beal is a great player, but he wasn't an all-star last year. This right. year, he's an all-star starter. Right. So does anyone see him differently now than they did last year? I don't think so. I think it's no. just kind of the way it happened. Yeah, Bra- Bradley Beal is getting the love he deserves. Thanks for shouting him out to the Wizards. Um, well, I just want to show some more love to one more player. It's Julius Randle. It's kind of yeah. nice having the Knicks. I mean, no one's going to think they're a contender, but it's nice having the Knicks be okay in the league this year. And we'll have a chance to, to show a little bit more love in this next segment here, Ryan. In the, the forecast, I was going to say the hangover. We just did the hangover. Maybe I'm a little hungover, but we're doing the <laughs> forecast. This is where we make predictions for what's going to come down the line in the sports world. But today, not much of a prediction, more of an interactive kind of thing here. And we're going to do our classic, the third annual NBA All-Star Mock Draft, the second one that Ryan will be a part of. And Ryan, for this one, you are LeBron James and I am KD. Okay. Personally, I don't like either of these players too, too much. But I know that you like LeBron way more than you like KD, so I figured that was the, the yep. right distribution. Do you agree with that? Great distribution, okay. Joey. Uh, I have a quarter here in my hand. We're going to flip for heads or tails. Heads or tails to go first. I'll call in the air. You throw it. Tails. Oh, oh, oh. oh. It's and on the ground. And it's, and it's heads. It ah. is heads. I didn't see it, but that I will failed. take Ryan's word for it. That is bad. So, Ryan, are you taking first pick or are you deferring? As, uh, or LeBron, I should say. Oh, uh, LeBron. Yeah, let's refer to me as LeBron from now on. I'll definitely take the first pick. All right. Um... And with my first overall pick, I'm going to go with the MVP frontrunner. I'm going here to win. I am not going here to make be fancy. I'm going Joel Embiid. It's my number one overall pick. I think that's a pretty solid pick. I don't think your picks will be nearly as good. All right. All right. Well, I can't, I can't argue with that. Um, if I'm KD, I think in real life, what we're going to see here, because these two, I don't know what they do off the court, but mm-hmm. I think he's going with Kyrie Irving with the first pick. But, again, yeah. if, if you know my opinions at all, you know there's no way in hell that I'm taking Kyrie Irving with the first pick in an all-star draft. Let's go, Joey. So I'm going to go with Katie's former teammate. He won two rings with him. It's Steph Curry. I don't know if that relationship's frayed at all over the years, but still, he, they know each other. They've got a good relationship as far as we can tell. He's going Steph Curry with his first pick. All right, well, I'll also go with some scoring. I need a three-point shooter. I'm going to go with Bradley Beal, leading scorer in the NBA right now. Shout out to Russell Westbrook, also of the Wizards. Has, had had to, to slip that, his huh? name in there. I don't think I've been on this radio show once without bringing him up. So Bradley Beal is going to be my number two overall pick. All right. Okay, I don't mind that. And, and I'm trying to build a fun team here as well. We all know KD isn't playing. I, I guess I should preface it with that as well. So whereas Ryan has LeBron and is already has LeBron on his team, I'm more just drafting for this team. So with my pick here... I'm trying to have fun. I'm going to go with Giannis and Tedekumpo. I like Steph and Giannis running the fast break, throwing lobs to one another. Obviously, Giannis is not going to end up in Golden State with the Warriors like a lot of people thought he might during free agency this summer as he re-signed with that extension in Milwaukee. But still, mm-hmm. I think that they we've seen them talking on the court multiple times. I think that that'd be a great connection, and I'm going to go with Giannis with that pick. Not a bad pick. Uh, also, going back to old teammates, I think I'll pick up on Kyrie Irving. Reuniting him with LeBron James. Uh, Take him. Yeah, well, I knew you weren't going to pick him, so he was either going to go second to last to me or I'll just pick him now. So maybe that was actually a very bad idea to pick yeah, him. Yeah, it's, you gotta, that's you all right. Think about he's, these a stud, he's a stud. Kyrie Irving to LeBron slash Ryan's team. All right, and and I I can go with a few different guys here, but I'm going to go with the, the replacement for Kevin Durant in the starters pool, a guy who I think has the potential to be a player similar to Kevin Durant in the coming years. And that's Jason Tatum. I think we got a versatile team now. A lot of fun out there. Tatum's gonna put on a show with the ball handling on the wing. So I, I like I like the start to my team so far. Yeah, it's not bad, Joey. And now I think this is where I win it. I'm getting Kawhi Leonard for my I believe that's my last pick. Oh, never mind. I just no, it is for the starters. So I guess, oh, yeah, so, I guess starters. I, so I guess I technically should have had the first pick because KD is out. But so who does that leave me for the starters? But we'll we'll, we'll roll with you that. You have Jokic and uh, I have Jokic Luka. and Doncic, right? Yeah. All right, I'll take I'll have both of those guys, and and they're fun. They're great passers, and that's what we're looking for here. We're not looking for defense. This is the All Star game. You can take Embiid all you want. He can post up all game long. I don't really care. I'll go with the guys that'll have fun out there. I know I'm going to get flashy passes from Doncic and Jokic all game. Threes from half court from Curry, and I know Tatum's going to cross some people up, and Giannis just going to slam it in the open floor. Joey, end of the game. No one's guarding Joel. End of the game. End of the game. What happened last year? They oh, dumped okay. it down to Joel every play. 
Bradley Beal's going to be scoring, Kyrie's going to be scoring, and if you want to stop, you put Kawhi on them, and then Braun's just doing his thing out there. I mean, I think my starting lineup's better. To be fair, they're all-star teams, so yeah. I think well, I don't I'm think it's going to really seriously. go wrong. I'm betting on it. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> but now let's take it to the reserves, Ryan, and I'll give you the I get the first pick. You have the first because I got the first last All time. Right, well, let me think here. I'm, I'm KD. Got to remember, and I also think this is the best player in this pool. Maybe the best player in the league at the moment. And I'm taking James Harden, KD's newest teammate. I think he's again a great player to have in an All Star game. He'll have a lot of fun out there. James Harden, give him, give him to me. All right, you can take James Harden. I'm taking uh, Oakland's finest, Dame Dalla. Shout out Damian Lillard. I'm gonna pick him up. Um, not much to be said. He's a bucket. Uh, Sixers need to – I mean, not Sixers. The Blazers need to pick it up a little bit, but Dame definitely des- deserves to be there. All right. I mean, yeah, I think I think it's a good pick for the first one off the bench there. And, again, taking it back to, to having a lot of fun, I'm going to go with the big man here, but not your traditional big man, and that's Zion Williamson. A lot of people argued about his spot on this team, but I think it's pretty secure. He's averaging 25 a game, and a vast majority of that coming in the paint, just bruising his way in there. He's on pretty historical run, given it's only his second year in the league. So, yeah, Zion, get him in the open floor, and, and he'll give all the fans what they came for. I hope he joins the dunk contest. I'll just throw that out there right now. Hopefully it happens since I said it out loud. thing um, is with him in a dunk contest, though, I'm not sure what his dunk package really oh. looks like. I know I know what the, the go-to is, the but my point is in a cup. dunk contest, what's he going to bring out? And I'm not discrediting him, but I, I'm genuinely curious as to what else he has in his bag of tricks because – he seems to go with the, the trademark one every single time. When he, like, cocks it all the way yeah, back. Yeah, and I love it. Hmm. But you, you do that in a dunk contest when people have been seeing that for however long he's been viral now, three, four years. Is that really going to win him the dunk contest? I can I see him know. doing, like, a reverse 360 between the legs. I could. I think he's got the <laughs> athleticism for it. But, I could do it. Um, Seven-foot hoop, maybe? But maybe, maybe. Even then, I'm not sure. But Zion, if he can pull that off on a 10-foot hoop, yeah, you give him give him the trophy now. All right, well, speaking of th- – 360s. We'll throw it back all the way to Indiana days. Um, Paul George, 360 in game. I'm picking Paul George my next pick. PG-13. Saw a video of me three years ago today wearing his jersey when he was at the Thunder. Made me nostalgic, so I'm going to pick him up for my next pick, Joey, on the bench. Paul George, defense scoring. And he's having a great year this year. It's good that he bounced back after how terribly he did at the end of the year last year. Hey, and it's good to it's good to see him having fun out there again because mm-hmm. in all seriousness, apparently that was a, a major issue for him in the bubble and Ryan I know we've talked a lot about the bubble off the air and in the effects that that probably had on a lot of the players in there PG definitely a guy that it had a, a strong effect on so yeah just to, to see him back out there balling like you said shooting great percentages from the floor is definitely a great thing to see mm-hmm. with my next pick Ryan I'm going to go with the guy on the best team in the NBA right now by record by record of course as we talked about last time are they really contenders when it comes down to it we'll have to find out but there's no denying that they're the hottest team in the regular season right now, and that's Utah Jazz. I'm going with who I consider to be the best player on their team in Donovan Mitchell. He's the leading scorer. He initiates most of the offense for the team, averaging over five assists this year, which is a good development because, Ryan, I think I was with you on the show a year or so ago where we were talking about the future of Donovan Mitchell and wondering mm-hmm. where he goes from here. And I think the playmaking, while it's not astounding quite yet, I think that's a promising development from him, and that's a big reason why Utah – is in the position they're in right now. Everyone on that team is moving the ball, and while Mitchell is the go-to guy, he's contributing that ball movement just as much as anyone else. Um, I'm glad you picked him because I didn't want to pick him up. Um, I don't think uh, – Donovan Mitchell is having a great year, and the Jazz are doing great, but I don't think they're going to do anything with it. Um, I'll go on to my next pick. I'm going to pick someone who we just kind of spoke about, and Devin Booker. I'm glad that he made the uh, all-star team no matter how he did it, but he did it. He's just going to get buckets. I don't know. I, I mean, that's all the All-Star game's about. He's an amazing player. I don't think I need to say much, but Devin Booker will be my next pick. Joey, you can bounce off to the next. All right, so I'm going to get a little little strategic here because you were talking about end-of-game situations earlier on, and, and I'll, I'll play along with that for a second, and I'll go with Ben Simmons. I think he sort of fits into the philosophy of my team with a lot of fun, flashy passes. He can definitely do all that on the offensive end, even if he can't shoot a three. But on the defensive end, I, I like him down the stretch. He can switch on to just about anybody in the league. I'd love to see a Simmons on Embiid matchup down the stretch, even oh. if it's just for, for a possession or two, because we all know that that's the big debate. Which one can they coexist? Obviously, it's looking good so far this year, but to see that down the stretch of the All-Star game would be a very interesting sight. Uh, but, yeah, I like Simmons on there. I think he fits in with what we're trying to do, and I think he, he plugs some of those holes that you rightfully exposed a little bit earlier on my team. Right. Okay, and then I'll 
I'll counter that with a Jalen Brown pickup. I know I figured you'd want him, but um, as soon as Jason Tatum, as soon as the starters are out, as soon as Jason Tatum's on the floor, I'm putting Jalen Brown in to guard Jason Tatum. Every single play, there's no debate who's guarding who. It's Jalen Brown on Jason Tatum the whole time. Hopefully Jalen gets 100% for this All-Star game whenever it happens. But Well, this is what it's all about. It's all about these matchups, these individual storylines heading into the All-Star game. I, I don't know if we talked about it last year, but what I always remember in, the, in those Rising Stars games, those – Brandon Knight against Kyrie what no Brandon Knight and Dion Waiters in oh, one of yeah. those games where they're just that. going down back and forth and it's just one-on-one and everybody knew what was going on and you usually get stretches of that kind of thing in all of these games so if we got a Jalen Jason one-on-one battle for a couple of minutes in the third quarter or something you know I'm all here for it that's what the, the only thing Celtics fans can look forward to this year Joey well, we're back to 500 so that's <laughs> that's a positive development trade deadline coming up soon we'll see I don't know we <laughs> talked enough about him last time and I'm sure we'll have more to talk about as the season goes on, but I'll stick in the Northeast. I'm going to go with Julius Randle, the guy that you showed a little bit of love to earlier on. I think I could use a little more size out there on my team, and I, I just love what Randle's doing. I think it's a good example of a guy who maybe took a little bit longer to develop than than we thought with a lot of these other traditional superstars, but he's averaging 23-11-5.5 right now, and I think he got up to a really hot start to the year, and everyone was kind of looking at it like, all right, He's, he's athletic. He can shoot a little better now than he could before. He'll, he's still getting into the rack, getting into the free throw line. But no, now he's showing that this is kind of the guy he is. Maybe he's not a, an absolute superstar for the next five years or anything like that, but he totally deserves a spot on this team. He's got the Knicks even above 500 in, in the playoff race right now. So he totally deserves a spot on this team, and, and I'll, I'll snag him here late in the draft. He's a, he's a good player to like start building a culture um and a franchise especially in with. New York especially in New York yeah he's a, he's a great player that you can he's not too expensive you could probably pick someone up now that the Knicks are decent people are going to start looking to go there so we can talk about that another time but I think Julius Randle's been amazing this year obviously and he got the nod for the all-star game Joey so I'm going to go with another power forward in DeMontis Sabonis I talked about his passing earlier where he's going to pass out dimes to everyone else to be shooting um he's doing great with the Pacers this year and I don't know he, he's a little bit boring but he's a he's a Southpaw, and can pass the ball. So, Demontis Sabonis is my pick. Go Zags. Shout out Gonzaga. Go Zags. And I like it. I, I'm starting to look at the guys left here, and, and we're really hitting that boring wall of of the all-star draft that I think we always hit at the end of these each and every year. But there's one exciting guy, I think, left on the board, and that's Zach Levine. We talked about him earlier, but the athleticism is off the charts, as it always has been, but he's averaging 28.7 points per game right now. Again, maybe a similar path to Randall, where Levine was, I guess, the centerpiece of that Jimmy Butler trade a few years ago. Him and Laurie Markkinen were sort yep. of co-centerpieces, but you definitely never expected him to become an all-star. You thought maybe a, a great spark plug off the bench could maybe give you 20 a game for mm-hmm. one or two years, but now he's a, an easy 20-point-per-game score, up to, as I said, 28.7 this year to go along with five rebounds and five assists. So he, he's a great player. Again, not a top 10 player like some of the guys that we've talked about today, but he deserved a spot in this all-star team. It's good to see him get that recognition. Yeah, I totally agree. When he when he got, when he he got was the centerpiece for that trade, no one really thought much of it. Everyone just thought him as a dunker, which he still is, and I'm glad he bounced back from that um, ACL tear, but I'm glad he got that nod. Um, my next pick is purely strategic. I don't really like the guy, but Rudy Gobert, oh. just so – I know no one can guard Joel Embiid down the stretch because he's the only guy in there. If you picked him up, I don't think he's the only one who could guard Joel. So I'm picking up Rudy Gobert. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary where he. I was gonna say, should Gobert even be allowed near all these important people in the same building? I know it's kind of crazy that a year, almost a year ago today, and like a week or two, he a year he like did the whole mic thing and you know got everyone COVID, got the season canceled. That's all his fault, not actually, but a lot of it's on him. So, Rudy Gobert, we, we're we not a Rudy Gobert podcast. No, not at all. Um, but, I mean, I like his game. A great defensive center out like there. His, he's the most boring. Shaq, I love when Shaq talks about the Jazz because he doesn't like Donovan Mitchell, and he's like, if I played in this day and age. Like, Rudy Gobert is averaging 14 and 13 right now, and he's getting paid like a max contract And he's won defensive player of the year two times. He's the best defensive center in the game right now. Scoring 14 points. Yeah, I mean, on, he's he's Joey. not the best on one end, but he is the best on the other end. So it's it's yeah, but for a max contract, I'd give him a max contract any day. Oh no way, for sure. I I don't think I don't think no you way. want him to be your best player. 
I think max contracts. I feel like max contracts are for your best players, though. No, you can give two to three max contracts per team. Celtics got three guys on the max right now. One of them, you know, probably not worth it. Kemba's but, on a max. Yeah, oh yeah, Kemba's on a full know. max all the way. And oh, the Hornets yeah. wouldn't give him to him. That's why. That's why he comes over here. So yeah, I, I think I think you don't necessarily need to be the best player on your team to get a max. I think Gobert is the best player on your team. You're probably not a playoff team. I totally acknowledge that because of his limitations offensively. But when you pair him with a guy like Mitchell or like Gordon Hayward earlier on, we've seen how successful the Jazz can be. Maybe not a championship team, but I think it is skill on the defensive end of the floor totally justifies an all-star spot. Mm. I, I I don't quite I think, see where Shaq's at with that. I think I think that's totally fine. He deserves an all-star spot, and he's a great defensive player, obviously. But dude averages 14 points, and I'd say two. it's two free throws made a game, and then six dunks, six, like, lobs. Like, I don't. I don't know. You got I feel like he has. He's been in the league for so long. You you'd think that he develops a few more things, don't you think? I you you hope saying, so if you're Utah, saying, sure. But I, I think what he gives you defensively, you're not you're not looking at him like what the hell we got to pay this guy all this money. They're totally fine with the amount of money they're paying him for what he gives them on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, but let's say Donovan Mitchell's having a cold game. You're just, I feel like your max player should be able to. Oh, Donovan can't get it done right now. We should give it to who's the guy we're paying the most besides Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert, and he can't get you two points, like six minutes left in the first, fourth quarter or something, if Mitchell's not getting it going, I think that's an issue. Fair, but with that, you got to give credit to the Jazz for the moves of getting Bogdan Bogdanovich, who can sort of fill that role, for getting Jordan Clarkson, six-man-of-the-year favorite right now, yep. who's lining it up off the bench. So I agree. I think in a perfect world, yeah, you'd want your, your first and second-best players to both be end-of-the-game options offensively, but when you have a guy like Gobert who's as good as, as he is defensively, and you're a smart enough organization to get guys to kind of supplement what he doesn't give you offensively, I think you, you put yourself in a good position, and that's why they've been so successful this regular season. It remains to be seen if that will translate to the postseason, though. Well, the thing hmm, the thing about the Jazz is that they've had to work around Rudy's limitations, and I, I, I think we're just agreeing to disagree but, here. But would they be as good on both ends, given his defensive impact, if he wasn't there? It's sort of my question, too. Well, no, obviously not. Exactly. So, so I think it's a trade-off of sorts, where you're one of the best defensive teams in the league year in and year out because of what he does for you on that end. And on the offensive end, you have to work a little harder with the other four guys out there because you know that he's not going to give you as much on that end. Well, in the regular season, that stuff works out. But. Exactly. And, and that's where the question comes in. Can they do it when it really matters at the end of the year? And as we talked about last week, neither of us would really bet on them right now. Uh, but with that, there's only a couple of guys left in the draft now. And uh, neither of them fun. Neither of them fun at all. You don't you don't like CP3, do you? I like CP3. I don't think he's a fun guy to play with. I think that's been that's been said. I think by a lot of play, yeah, by I a guess. lot of people there, and mainly you know James Harden, and you can have a whole different conversation about that. But I'll go with Vucevic here just because I don't I'm not looking at my roster in front of me, but I think I could use a little bit more size yeah. given your pick of Gobert there. So I'll go Vucevic just to primarily balance out my roster. Uh, Joey, that makes a lot of sense for you because you do not have a center at the moment. Be honest, uh, Jokic. Oh yeah, you do have Jokic. I forgot about Jokic. We could play a little small ball Zion at the five too. Oh my god! And put Joel on there. It's it's that's that's big boy that's ball. That's body on body right there. Yeah, don't they weigh like you almost the same? Don't they weigh? Don't Guess they weigh? <laughs> don't they weigh basically the same? Um, <laughs> I believe Zion's listed at two seventy five. Last I checked, and and Bede probably yeah right around there as well. Well, quick thing on uh, Zion. Don't you think he's lost a little bit of athleticism? Um, I don't know, but I think we we talked about this on the show as well where. If I'm Zion, it, it's sort of a question of if he plays 100% all the time like he has at Duke in the first couple of years in the NBA and he stays at that 270 range in terms of weight, the reality is he's not going to have a long career. It's just the way it works with all that force coming down. We've already seen the injuries pile up a tiny bit for him, but I think it could get even worse, and that's just because it's the way he's built, it's the way he plays. Mm -hmm. So the question for him is, is it worth it to play that way and to keep on all that weight and to be the force that he is out there or should he change his game a little bit and extend his career? But I, I sort of like him the way he is right now. I think he could be dominant for a period of time. But like I said, I think the reality is this: he can't play that way for 12 years. I need I, he needs to get out of New Orleans. A player like of his already. Um, I'm saying more for like the league's perspective. A player of his caliber and his uh, put butt in seats type player. I can't think of like. Uh, box office that's a better word yeah. box no, put, office put button seats put button like seats player yeah box office player like he needs to be i hate when all these players go like coast to coast like la or golden state or the celtics or the knicks and the nets but i think a player like him belongs in 
the bright lights of some sort of city. I think if he ended up with the Knicks, I think we'd be talking about him a lot more. I think the Knicks probably would be trying a lot harder. I think the Pelicans, there's a chance that they could waste away some of his career, like Anthony Davis. But the thing about Anthony Davis is that he's going to be good for a long period of time. Like you said, I don't think Zion will be great, as good as he is now for a long period of time. So I think people need to capitalize on his success right now. You could see almost like a a running back in the NFL situation with Zion, whereas Mm -hmm. you see running backs all the time now complaining, and it's totally justified where – they're, they're locked into their rookie deals when they come into the league, and a lot of times by the time they're, they're 26, 27, they've maybe already gotten the best out of their careers, and they've never really gotten that big paycheck. We've seen running backs get screwed over by that time and time again. And Zion, Most obviously after the four years, he'll get an extension from whoever does it, but he'll be a restricted free agent, so it'll 99% be with New Orleans for probably however much money he wants, given mm-hmm. the way he's playing right now. But then you're looking at probably after year eight or nine will be the first time that he's actually a free agent. And if what we're predicting is true by then, who knows how much he has left. And again, I know that seems far out and it seems negative, but we've already seen the injuries happen. Right. So I think it's just a matter of time before his body breaks down a little bit more. When you're 6'6", 275, and you just look at the way he moves, it seems like a foregone conclusion to me. Yeah, Joey, I totally agree. I just have one last question before we wrap this up. Do you think the Pelicans should make any trades at this upcoming trade deadline to – hopefully make the playoffs this year or something like that um i would have to see the contract situation all that to know for sure but the, okay. the biggest thing that comes to mind is if lonzo ball isn't a part of your long-term plans if you're not planning on re-signing him after this year then i'd say you move him now do you move eric bledsoe as well if he's not a part of your long-term plans i'd say yeah maybe one or the other because trading both of them unless you're getting a you know sort of a, a good ball handler back for either of them that would be a bit of a jarring move because then they're you're probably letting Ingram handle a whole lot more of that offensive load. A rookie like Kyra Lewis is probably coming in and getting a lot more time than he is right now. So I don't know if you get rid of both of them right now, but but I think that's sort of the spot that they're in. And unfortunately, it's a spot that they were in last year as well, where it's still tor- sort of a transition period trying to figure out where the pieces all fit together. And I think clearly the mix that they have right now isn't perfect. The guys are all still pretty young, so I wouldn't write off. I think of the nucleus of this team at least as Lonzo, Ingram, and Zion. Yeah, and I think I think Lonzo is the one who's obviously closest to getting cut out of that right now, given the fact that he's a free agent after this year. So I think if you determine that those are your three guys going forward, then yeah, move Bledsoe, move Stephen Adams or people on Adams, because you're not winning at all this year. You're not you might not even make the playoffs this year. But determine what your core is and build around that core, because I think that's sort of what they did last offseason, but clearly it hasn't produced the results that they expected but what are you doing if you're new orleans at the deadline this year i think you try to move off lonzo i think he's an amazing player and i think he has a place in this league in specific situations but i think not with zion as his running mate if that makes any sense um i think brandon ingram and zion you obviously keep i think steven adams is a great piece for them he's a great vet that they can just hold on to and he's not too expensive and i think you try to get you move off blood so you might be maybe even try to move off Josh Hart. He hasn't really progressed since his sophomore year in the league. And then you try to move off Eric Bledsoe because he's a good vet that championship teams would like to have as their backup point guard. I don't know what exactly you get for that. I don't know what their draft position is going to be like. I just know they, what they have right now is Zion's such a unique player. You have to plan accordingly to his skill set. No, so, and they're an interesting team to look at too because you think if they just ride this team out until the end of the year – and then finish, what are they, 70, 72 games this year? Yeah. Let's say they go 31 and 41 and the season ends and they're out of the playoffs. And then you got Lonzo entering free agency and you're just sort of in the same spot you're in now. Like, what did you really accomplish this year then? Other than, I mean, Zion's had a better year than he had last year. You might have a better evaluation on him. But you got to progress. You got to always be trying to get closer to that ultimate goal. And they're pretty far from that right now. And no one's coming to New Orleans. No one's coming there to play basketball. I don't think Zion and Brandon Ingram are two players that people just want to come play with because they're going to have the ball in their hand most of the time. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like no one's going to come to new Orleans and sign there. So I think they need to trade Lonzo and get some sort of package out of him that they can build towards or draft picks or something like that. Cause new Orleans has never, ever been a destination for people to sign as you can see by their team. Yeah. No, no one there on their team right now has signed there. Well, and even the history of it, where you look at the CP three situation, whatever it was about 10 years ago now, and then the AD situation just about two years ago, and now you've got another superstar who you, you luck out with getting through the draft in Zion, 
And again, like you said, it, it probably just is inevitable that at some point we'll come to a similar point. But thankfully, it's it's a few years down the line, so we'll get to enjoy Zion without having to stress about where he's going to resign and all that, as we've had for a lot of these superstars over the past couple of years. But yeah, I think the Pelicans are in a very interesting spot right now, and that that's our NBA All Star mock draft. So yeah, Brian, go ahead and read off the teams and let let the people decide who's got the better group. All right, so here's my team, Joey. I'm Team LeBron, and the starting lineup is LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and Kawhi Leonard. And then Joey's starting lineup, uh, Kevin Durant is out, so he has Tatum as his replacement, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, and Luka Doncic. And then my bench is Damian Lillard, Paul George, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, DeMontis Sabonis, Rudy Gobert, and Chris Paul. Joey's bench is Zion, James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Julius Randle, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic. So two solid teams. I think mine is obviously a little bit better. I think I think it's pretty obvious to the fans out there. But I don't think anything's obvious, but whatever, whatever easily. conclusion you want to come to. I think it's easily better. Is okay. that better? Joey easily. hates when I say easily. No one hates me. You just say easily a lot. It's, it's easily better, Joey. All right. All right. Whatever you think, I mean, I think I think we got two great teams out there. I'd love to see them duke them out. Maybe we do. Uh, what do we do that that little uh, stream on two K four where we did a draft? Oh yeah, we did. Remember. We did top five. Yeah, well, I beat you. I remember I beat you because like I'd never beaten you in two K, and then I beat you the one time we like draft teams. We streamed it. Yeah, we streamed stream it. Stream went won. crazy. People were blowing up the chat and the stream. Maybe keep keep the follow on Twitter. For both of us, or Instagram, and, and we'll keep you updated if something else is in the works. But, but don't don't bet on it. Yeah, we're not betting on it. We don't bet. And we are not a betting podcast. With that, though, we'll move on to something that maybe we would put a little bit of money on, and that's this off season in the NFL, Ryan, because we're already hearing rumblings about how much quarterback movement we could see. We've already seen Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, and Carson Wentz get moved, and that could only be the beginning. So let's start it off with probably the most prominent one in all these discussions right now, and that's Deshaun Watson. It's well known that he's demanded a trade from the Houston Texans. So, Ryan, where do you think Deshaun Watson ends up next year? I think Deshaun Watson ends up looking at my little Magic 8-ball. I think with the Jets, I don't know why he put them on his list. It's the one team that makes the most sense. It's the one team that's willing to give up their own quarterback for him. Um, I'd like to see him with the Niners. I don't think he'd work with our offense, but I think I don't. I don't know why he put the Jets on his list, but the fact they're on the list and the fact that they have the most to give, and the fact they'll probably give whatever they can to get Deshaun Watson, I think he'll end up with the Jets, Joey. Yeah, I think it's the Jets, and I think it's for that last reason that you said. I think that they sort of need him more than any other team needs him. Um, but the one that I would not rule out at all because of the ammunition that they have as well is the Miami Dolphins. And I personally am not ready to give up on Tua if I'm in their position. But if that's what you have to do to get a guy like Deshaun Watson, I don't think you can turn that down. So if you give up Tua and I believe it's a third pick and you know maybe even another future first, I know that seems like a lot given what they gave up for Tua just a year ago. Or rather they didn't have to give up anything. They just step, stood pat at number five. But right. either way, it's basically three consecutive first rounders that you give up, two of which would be in the top five for Deshaun Watson. But I think it might be worth it. And again, I, I, I get the questions about Tua, but I, if I'm them at number three, unless Trevor Lawrence, by some miracle, falls to them there, I'm not getting one of these quarterbacks. There's question marks attached to everyone outside of Lawrence in this. So like I said, unless you can get a superstar like Watson, I'm holding on to Tua, but it's still worth monitoring for Miami, especially because Watson has said that he would, he would play for them just as much as he would play for the Jets. Yeah, objectively, I can see how the Dolphins would trade for Deshaun Watson, but I'm, I'm of the mindset that they won't because they want Tua. So if they don't want to, that makes perfect sense. And they can give the Jets a starting quarterback, give the Jets a third overall pick. And I th- they have two picks in the first round this year. And I think if the Texans are moving up to Sean, I think they give up a very big ransom for him. So I, I, w- I could see multiple first round picks just so the Texans can rebuild. Because if Deshaun Watson is added to this Dolphins team and then they draft well in the second, third round this year, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are a wild card team because they almost were this year so i can see what you're saying i just think the dolphins aren't really willing to give up their whole team for deshaun yeah or their whole future per se actually if they would i think you're they're right there with the bills in the afc east 
and maybe the, the Pats Absolutely. maybe the Pats pull a stop. deal for Russell Wilson. I don't he know. Didn't stop. But there. but we will get into the next guy there, and that's Russell Wilson. He has not been as public about his trade demands or not demands from him per se, but obviously there's been rumblings now about Wilson. He hasn't requested a trade, but he somehow has a list of teams that he would be okay with being traded to. So it sounds like he's at least very, very close to requesting a trade, citing the offensive line issues, lack of weapons, lack of willingness to let him cook, as the as the story goes online. So, Ryan, where do you think Russell Wilson is playing week one next year? Week one next year, looking back at my little magic ball, I would say the Dallas Cowboys or the Seattle Seahawks. I know I'm sitting on the fence there, but I personally don't see him getting traded. I want him to get traded, so my heart's telling me to the Cowboys, but my mind's telling me that he'll probably just stay in Seattle. I think Russell Wilson's a smart guy, and he's publicly saying why he's upset, and I think Seattle will publicly go do and fix the things that he wants to be fixed, if they're smart. Yeah, from everything that we've seen, obviously, until the past week or so, I always thought the relationship between Wilson and the Seahawks organization was one of the better ones in the league. thought he was very close with Pete Carroll, and I thought that they had at least tried to, you know, give him what he asked for over the years. I thought they've already had, they've always had a very good running game. They've always had, you know, good enough receivers, especially the past couple of years when they got Metcalf in there. Now he's got that dynamic over the top physical threat as well. So on paper, it doesn't seem like he has a ton to complain about other than the the sacks issue, which is a pretty alarming rate. He's been sacked at over the past few years. But again, the way he plays, he's a scrambling quarterback. You're going to get sacked a little bit more. Are you going to get sacked as much as he's been sacked? I guess that's where you can make the argument. But if he's looking at how many times Tom Brady's been sacked and trying to compare it to that, obviously his is going to be higher than that because Brady stays in the pocket all the time. Right, and he'll throw it away. Exactly. Save his, save his body. So I know what you're saying. they're not comparable on the surface. But again, I don't know exactly the proportions and all that. Maybe he has something that, that we don't know about. But in my mind, it seems a little silly to complain about getting sacked all the time when at least partially it is your fault. Uh, I mean, and I don't even want to say fault because he also makes some spectacular plays when he rolls out of the pocket. It's yeah. sort of just what comes with the territory. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I think it isn't. I think it is partially his fault. You're right, but it is an alarming rate. It's like a higher number than. It's like a ridiculously high number for how good of a player he is. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll never see those numbers, even with like Patrick Mahomes, who's also a scrambling quarterback. But Mahomes gets down and throws it away, I feel like, way more than Russ does. And, and with that, though, too, let me make a strange comparison and see what you think. Okay. You could see Russ almost in a similar light to how we were talking about Zion earlier, where now there's reports that he wants to be like Brady and play until he's 43 and all that. But maybe the way Russ plays, he just isn't built to do that. Yeah, he's, he's built on athleticism. He's built on all this stuff. And that will fade by the time he's 43. Tom Brady's game is not built on athleticism. It's built on playing in the pocket. He's played the same way for all 20 years in the league. So right. unless Russ can adapt his game, which isn't impossible, but the way he's playing right now, he can't do that till he's 43 no matter what offensive line he put in front of him. Well, he can't really adapt his game because he's 5'10". That's I, what I, so I, I, agree. Totally, I totally agree with you, Joey, because it's like you, you see Kyler Murray right now just keep comparing quarterbacks, but you see Kyler Murray right now, he, he has a window to be great. Yeah, but when and that's okay. That's totally okay. And Russell Wilson needs to either come to terms with that or change his game a little bit. And next year, let's say he stays with Seattle, and that sucks. Sacks coming, throw the ball out of bounds or, or just fall. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. needs to start changing his game to show, look, this is how I'm going to be now. I'm not going to keep scrambling to bail you guys out. You guys need to figure it out, not me. Yeah. So I think we agree with that. Where do you think he goes? I think he stays in Seattle. Okay. I, I don't think they're trading him. I think Deshaun has more legitimate reasons to be mad at Houston and is clearly more willing to use that leverage against Houston. I think Russ is definitely just trying to get some of that leverage of his, of his own because he hasn't had much because, like we said, to the, pu- to the general public the whole time it's been that he's happy in Seattle. And right. it turns out maybe he hasn't been the whole time. But is he unhappy enough to demand a trade and to get ugly about it the way it looks like it's going to end up with Deshaun Watson? I don't think so. At least yeah. not yet. He hasn't had to deal with half the stuff that Deshaun's had to deal with. So I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, I don't know. So I just hope he gets out of the NFC West. It's all about just if he's willing to make it ugly. And I think it's true with Deshaun Watson too. And I think from everything we've seen, Deshaun Watson is willing to, to let it get a little ugly, let it get a little awkward. And I think that's why he'll ultimately get his way. But I don't think Wilson will do that. Whether that's because of who Wilson is or the situation, I just don't think we'll, we're going to go down that path. Well, we could talk about Russell Wilson and how I think he's going to go to the Cowboys to 
transition to the next quarterback, Dak Prescott. If the Cowboys re-sign Dak Prescott, that will be in a more that will be more expensive to them than if they with what the money he's been asking for than if they trade and sign trade for Russell Wilson's contract. If you look at it like that, the Cowboys I think should trade for Russell Wilson because they won't have to pay cuz Dak's asking a ridiculous amount of money. Well, financially sure, but what are you going to have to give up for Wilson in the first place? At least a couple of firsts unless I mean, I mean again I think unless they have a pretty talented rugby. offense right now. Their front line said their offensive line's not great. Obviously, the receivers but then, are amazing. But then why are you trying to save money? That's what I'm saying. I, you're I trying think, to save money because you're trying to sign better linemen or better yeah. deep, more defense. I, I, I know, s- saving money in the NFL is always a great thing. I'm absolutely. And it's an upgrade. But, players. but what I'm saying is if you can get Dak back as a free agent or I don't know if they could franchise tag him again. I'm not sure how, how all those specifics work or if a franchise tag would be a ridiculous amount of money for this next year. But either way, I think if you can bring him back without having to give up anything, you'd have to weigh that against getting Russell, who is without a doubt a superior quarterback to Dak. Correct. But what would you have to give up to get him as well? And is it worth that that balance there? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to, you'd have to see the offer and, and gauge it. But like I said, probably at least a couple of firsts for Wilson. They might want players as well. And I don't know. If you give all that up and you bring Wilson in there, are the Cowboys really going to be that great of a team? They'll, they'll be much better than they'll win. They'll win their division because their division's awful. Yeah. I think Russell Wilson with the Cowboys, let's as currently just constructed, which it probably wouldn't be if you traded for him. I think they win the division. Yeah, 10 well, out of 10 he'd times. immediately be the best quarterback in the division by a wide which margin. But anything, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys. We've seen it time and time again. They find a way to, to make things weird. And obviously this year was injuries, but we've seen different things in the past to make that happen. Maybe Russ could change the guard there, but I don't know. So I think it's interesting, though. But as you mentioned, Dak is the next guy on our list. I would assume he's, he's back in Dallas. I think if they went back on everything that they've said after that gruesome injury, where they were obviously stickly about paying him the money in the offseason when he totally deserved it, and now there's only questions because of that injury – as to whether or not to pay him all that money. They've said that they're still going to. If they went back on that now, again, we've seen weird things with the Cowboys before. This might take the cake as the weirdest move that I've seen, at least in my lifetime, from Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. So, Ryan, where do you think Dak is next year? Well, I just said I think Russell Wilson's going to be traded to the Cowboys. But if he's not, then I think Dak returns to the Cowboys. I don't really see another fit from the NFL because all these other teams, like, are probably all these teams who don't have a quarterback are looking to draft a quarterback. And I don't think they see themselves building around Dak. I think they see themselves building around an NFL. Let me give you a, a comparison then, and it's a guy that we could have on this list, but we don't. But where do you, you – would you see him in a maybe a situation same, similar to a Jameis Winston last year where you know he has the talent to maybe be a starter in this league, but kind of like you said, most teams looking to either go in a younger direction or go all in with a veteran who they know can win a Super Bowl. Do you think Dak could find himself in that in-between spot where no team really wants to take a flyer on a guy in the middle of his career? Right. I Well, then I have no clue. You know what I mean? I don't think either of us could guess if he takes that Jameis Winston approach because he's not an amazing talent. But, but will talent. that be all that's offered to him? Or do you think that's a possibility? Is that what I'm saying? If yeah. Russ ends up on Dallas. Yes, absolutely. I think I think he takes the Jameis role. I think that's a great comparison, Joey. Because um, he's not an amazing talent, but he also doesn't really screw up too much. He's kind of like a so not quite like Jameis in that regard. But. Exactly, and he's not, and he's and he's a little bit better than like a Teddy Bridgewater type quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's like in between, not as talented as uh, Jameis, but he's like much better than Bridgewater. Yeah. I, I'd give him a little more credit than you're giving him, but I think I do think the injury. I think he's that great. I think the injury raises the question marks a little bit more for me, and I again I think Dallas has to give him the money strictly because they've said time and time again that they're going to give him the money. If they hadn't said that, I think it's a different story. But given the fact that they've said that, now it's you, you kind of box yourself Why into a corner. They? Why haven't they Can yet? Can they not sign him yet? Or is it free agency? I think it starts in a few days or something, right? Yeah, and they also couldn't come up on an exact number in the summer. And then well, the I know that. I'm talking about Oh, right yeah, now. as of now. Yeah, I don't know exactly why, uh, to be honest with you. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it unfolds. Maybe they're gauging the market for Russell Wilson, like, like you're saying. So right. we'll see. But then two guys that will bust out quick here. First one is Cam Newton, Ryan. Do you have any destination for Cam Newton in mind for next year? I think he's going to stay with the Pats. I think the Pats are going to draft a quarterback that they want to develop and sit a year behind a, a quarterback. And I think Cam Newton doesn't really have a home anywhere else unless he wants to be a backup quarterback. But if you're a backup quarterback, you can't really dress the way he's dressing. You know what I mean? Wow. No, I mean, like, if you're a backup quarterback, you can't really show up to the game and be all about me, all about me, because that's not really the type of player he is. Yeah. He's not He's not a backup quarterback. So I see if, if the Pats will have him back. I can totally see him going back, having another year, him not having a great three quarters, and then you guys throwing in the – 
rookie that you just drafted. So I, I can kind of see that. The rumors are increasing more and more that the Pats are considering a return for him. But a spot that I really like for him is Washington. And we've just heard from Washington that they're going to move off of Alex Smith and their parting ways is the wording that the team used. But earlier, Alex Smith said that they were releasing him. So that's a whole nother story to get into. But I think Washington is a good spot for Cam because the connection to Ron Rivera is the most obvious connection right there. And they're looking for a quarterback. They've been looking for a quarterback. And again, maybe a similar situation, like you said, Ryan, that the Pats could employ with Cam. You get him for this year. He's probably not your guy long term, but you get him, maybe try to draft another younger guy and develop him behind Cam. I don't think anywhere, any team after the last year in, in New England is going to give Cam the keys to their franchise for the next five years. But to get another one-year shot with the team, I think Washington's probably the best bet. Yeah, that wow, voice crack there. Uh, Alex Smith getting cut today, or was that yesterday? Yeah, eh, today. That does show um, that there are signs for that, especially with Ron Rivera there. So, Pats or Washington are the two teams I can see him going back to. Obviously, not as a franchise quarterback because he's not that guy anymore, but just a filler. So, and the last guy we'll talk about here is Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers have said that he is their guy, and they're building around him at least for next year. Ryan, do you buy it? I buy it. I love Jimmy G. I think people hate on him way too much. I th- when he's there, I think they're twenty-seven and seven or something like that when he's healthy. The only thing I'm worried about as a Niners fan is his injury history, which you can't run away from. But you can't argue his production when he's on the field. The team isn't centered around him. The team will never be centered around him. People need to get over the fact. I'm I'm, I'm saying I'm sound like this because all my friends from home who are Niners fans hate him, and I don't. I personally don't understand why, because he's a great player great system quarterback he's the epitome of a system quarterback and he's doing it better than any other quarterback i can imagine that can jump into kyle shanahan's office offense and do it yeah so I, th- I see him with the niners i think you got to give him another shot just given the last time he had a full season as a starter he took you to the super bowl and last year if not for the injuries we know how good the roster was but there's injuries up and down jimmy g not excluded from that so i think if they can stay healthy next year and you can get another honest look at him another honest evaluation then I think you make the decision after that. I think, obviously, the Super Bowl is pretty much everyone's lasting impression, and they clearly didn't trust him down the stretch. There's no denying that. But, no, no, I mean, come on. They, they didn't let him throw pass. the ball. He, may, he missed one pass. If it, I agree, but they didn't let him throw the ball. That's what Because they, did, they didn't need him to throw the ball. But like, then they lost. So they yeah, could I don't. I don't think that's on him. I think, I think that's just Kyle Shanahan. I yeah, agree. They, maybe they didn't trust him, but when he was playing, they were winning. I totally agree, but what I'm saying is then you need to know if you can trust him or not. And if you can't trust him, whether you think he should be able to or not, if you're the coach and you in the Super Bowl when you need your quarterback to go down and score to either clinch the game or win the game for you, and you can't trust that guy to do that, then he shouldn't be your guy long maybe term. That's, maybe that's more on Kyle Shanahan than it is on Jimmy Totally, G. totally. Because like Kyle Shanahan didn't call the plays. But, if you're, but, Ryan, you're a Niners fan. Would you rather have Kyle Shanahan for the next 10 years or Jimmy G? Obviously, I'd rather have Kyle Shanahan. So there you go. If but you, you want to please it, but him. But people, people always want to use the Super I'm not saying you, but like a lot of people always want to use the Super Bowl as a reference. But it's like we got there running the ball down everyone's throats. Totally. And then we get to the Chiefs. We ran down their throat. Jimmy G made until some good throws. Yeah. Until we couldn't. And then maybe, I don't know. I, I blame that loss on Kyle Shanahan. I don't blame it on Jimmy G. I, yeah. I, I When you look at that Super Bowl objectively, I don't think it's Jimmy G's fault. And people no, like I to agree. push the blame on him because he's easy to blame. Because he's not an amazing quarterback. People like to blame stuff. Because they see Nick Mullins make one good throw once in a while. And I was like, he should be our starting quarterback. It's like, no, he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. He's, he's a talented kid, but he doesn't know what the hell he's doing out there. Talented kid. You're throwing kid around for He's an NFL a, a player. Hey, champ. Jeez. Oh, hey, champ. That's a good reference there. But, Ryan, we'll, we'll finish it off quickly here with our top five. We've got a couple more minutes than we expected, which is probably good for you. I know you love this segment right here. We're going for the top five date spots in Boston. So oh. let's, let's slow it down and let's get a little soothing on the mic here, Ryan. And give me your number one date spot in the city of Boston. Um, I don't remember the full name of it. Uh, it's called Trattoria. It's in the North End. Dimly lit little basement area. Amazing Italian food. Got their like seafood pasta thing. It's pretty solid. Like it a lot. It's my go-to and I love it. So Trattoria, it's like Trattoria Al Panino or something like that. I don't know. It's a very Italian name. So that's my number one. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. But Ryan, I'm going to take you to the most romantic part of the city. Oh my God, Joey, stop. And that's Seaport. Seaport is not the most romantic part of this. You can't get there on the T, but if you get on those swings, you get on those swings down in Seaport right next to whatever restaurant that is down there, 
the swings and the little curling table. Oh man, Joey! And, and you're showing off the athleticism of the girl there. They they they'll eat that up. Right. Have, have, you take, have you taken a girl? Have you taken a girl out to Seaport? Seaport is not a romantic spot. To answer that question. All right. Well, I'll, I'll move on to my next. Um, just shout out to Cheers. <laughs> I worked at Cheers. Look it up. It's on Netflix. It's a TV show. History. Good service there. I worked the door door there. My boy works the, at the bar. And I don't know. Your boy? Your boy's been on this show a few times. Oh, yeah. Creighton Dwarfman. I guess he's been on this a few times. Uh, Cheers a fun little date spot. It's fun. It's cute. I mean, that's a terrible pick. Um, if you're knocking Seaport, I don't even know what dude, to do with C- Cheers. Dude, North End or Seaport? North End or Seaport? North, North End. Romantic. But you took North End with the restaurant. I was going to say North End. it was the most romantic place. Okay. Well, you know, I'm trying to sell my list okay, here. Okay. All right? So you're lying. Okay, go, go for it. So next one, I'm between a couple. But I'm going to go with one that I know you have been on a date at and that's the mfa the museum of fine arts i think you know nothing better than than walking around an art museum with a girl and hopefully she's into art and you just got to ask the questions that you don't care about the answers to but that she'll love that you ask about and just let her talk and just nod and ask a follow-up question here that will love that even more so the mfa yeah that, that's got to make my list i lose brain cells when i go to the mfa because like it's a beautiful <laughs> there's a bunch of beautiful art but like when i stare at these paintings for so long i just i feel like i should be i'm missing something i'm missing something so maybe i'm not losing brain cells but i come to the re- realization that i don't have as many as other people so the mfa sick i've been there i didn't mean to bring that out of times you. no no you're good i just been thinking about that a lot um let's bust these last few out though i think we've gotten a good I'll, one I'll, I'll bust them out ones. um walking back from fenway going to fenway and just taking that long walk back's really pretty pass through some pretty neighborhoods you hit newbury on the way back you pass through some schools so if you go to Fenway, go to a baseball game, and like walk all the way down Boylston to like the Common, I think that's a pretty fun date thing you need to do. So all right, all right, pretty well, solid. I don't think you're I've gonna, done it a few times. I don't think you're going to agree with my next one, given what you just said about art museums and all that. But the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum is a wonderful place to take a, a nice lady on on a nice day. Beautiful courtyard in the middle there. Some great works of art. Some great stories. Actually, stay tuned on my Instagram for a story on the Isabella Stewart Gardner in the next couple of days. Joe Dubois twenty. Joe Dubois TV. Excuse me. New Instagram, it's official. Check it out. Um, but yeah, story coming on the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in the next couple of days. It's a beautiful place. I love going there. So Ryan, what do you got? Last two. Uh, game over. I, I'm gonna use this one in case you forgot it. But the Esplanade, Joey. That's an amazing walk. Take from, it, take it. Oh my God, dude! You go down there. You walk through the garden. Beautiful. You walk over that bridge over the freeway. Beautiful. Then you walk through like the park. Beautiful. And then you sit on the little like wood deck, and it's also beautiful that place is amazing so i'm taking esplanade i should have taken it earlier but I, I i don't i guess you didn't think about it fast enough so i have esplanade as my four uh i can bust out my five yeah quick, yeah yeah you go for just it because like i can't i'm on my a list. roll right now so i'm gonna also for my last pick newbury go down newbury and then you go down the end i actually don't know why i wrote it down because they just closed down a week ago <laughs> i totally forgot when i looked at cafeteria it's good uh it was a good restaurant r.i.p uh, but I guess I'll just say Newbury Street is my last date spot. It's fun. It's cute. It's young. It's it's hip. Um, a lot of cute little like mall areas and outdoor shopping. If you're um, <clears throat> a college student and you're uh, low on budget, go to the end because that's we can't afford anything towards the front. It's all like Givenchy, 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 Gucci, Louis, Fendi, Prada, all those ones. Um, so yeah, Newbury Street. I did. I said cafeteria, but I, it's super sad. It's just closed down. Um, so that's my last one, Joey. I think you can't even think of a last one. I'm thinking. I'm gonna go with the Boston Public Garden. Oh my god! It's so our front you, yard. You... It's our front yard right there. Goodwill Hunting. The bench is right there. Come on. You, you just pointed out. And Ryan, I'll tell you this though. And this is something that I got in my favorite. You don't. I'm the Boston guy. The Boston guy, and I'd hate to flex that. You, you, you can't flex it, but when you're walking around the garden and, and you're, oh, you know, that's where Goodwill Hunting lives. Oh, you know, this is where people people skate hockey here all, all oh, winter yeah. long. You know okay, what I mean? okay. But but I'm saying like giving those little tidbits. I think the public garden's a great place to with a girl who may not be from Boston to to give her a little bit of that knowledge, kick that knowledge to her. I walk, I walk through the garden today, and it's the most beautiful place when it's all frozen over. But today, they, they, I for, always forget at the end of the winter, they rip out all the water and it's just mud. So right now, for all you listeners out there, 
at the end of February and then into most of March, you do not want to take someone to the garden. The garden is not a pretty place. All the flowers are dead and all the water's gone and no one's ice skating. So I think that's a good way to end it up. Just some advice from Hold on, hold boys. on. Last one, last one. I got to go with one more and it's a little shout out to, to back in the day. Sheer Madness, little improv comedy show. Saw it in high school. Great date spot. They'll engage you in everything. It's a lot of fun. But with that, that's the nosebleeds. Hope you guys enjoyed. From 603 Boston, peace. It's been a long time since I felt like this. And I've been eating pretty good like my bell size bitch. Got the cars in my hand, I was dealt right quick. I'm a father to the game, guess I help my kids. And I know it's no common sense, but I'm just trying to kick back, no problem. I just want to chill out like popsicles. So if possible, what's popping dude? And I've been really, really thinking, what's your name? And could you pipe down when the hooks start playing? When the shoes